Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 96. Succulus. Succulus, John Hundred. Oh, yummy. I could taste it. It's, uh, it is. It is. It is there in, within reach. When we get to 99, are you going to explode? I'll just explode. Like, oh, that better be your episode because I'll just be a gibbering wreck in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, well, 100. God knows what's going to happen. You're just going to be very tame and just sort of gone yeah. zen, like, uh. yeah. well, we're, we're here. We have one podcasting. One no is, one has ever reached no 100 episodes. No one has episodes. ever done 100 episodes before. Nope. <laughs> How are you, Nick? All right. <laughs> You've had a Negroni, haven't you? How could you tell? <laughs> so bloody obvious <laughs> i can tell because you're just full of the joys of spring and also then you made all the lights change in the dining room going look what i can do with the lights look what i can do with the lights. oh look they've gone red we're sitting in red lighting now Moody. it's really Moody good i like it it's very fitting for the show we should be green surely oh arsenic green yeah. oh go on then go on then alexa <laughs> turn the lights green okay. hey. <laughs> eh, it's a bit of an insipid green oh god it's not arsenic-y enough I don't much care for it. I'm literally just fascinated by technology. Tough. (laughs) Green now. Any poisonings this week, Nick? No. No? No. None that you've witnessed or seen? None that I've witnessed or seen. Or heard speak of by the water cooler? (laughs) Oh, I don't have a water cooler. At your office? No. And you don't gather there to talk of poisonings, past and present? We don't have one. We have a water heater. We stand by the water heater. we, We have an urn. Stand by the water heater and gossip of poisonings. That's That's very Victorian, actually. Very, very rarely at my desk. Is your water heater, your urn, powered by fire like they would in the old Victorian age? Or is it by a plug? No, no, it's it's, it's powered by urchin children. Oh, good. We burn them. Good. Oh, for fuel. Yes. And their puppies. Oh, obviously. Because that makes the water even more delicious. Yeah, absolutely. You've lost your mind, haven't you? Like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> Poisonings this week. You would poison yourself with Negronis. Yeah, absolutely. We've moved on from poisoning. And it's your episode this week as well. Yeah, good luck with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it bodes well. No, it doesn't at all. God, it does. My brain. Well, speaking of technology taking over our lives and our brains and uh, mood lighting, <laughs> I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Well, I would, I would agree, but the lighting is now so moody, I cannot read my pad. <laughs> so, so I have to pick up my pad like I'm a blind person to go, who, who is this person? You have to squint now. Thank you very much to Paige Striebig. To Caroline Mark. To Devony Carney. And to Emily Finch. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very, very sexy. Oh, very, very sexy Patreon subscribers. I will have it known that's what this situation is. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> We've had fun over on Patreon this week. Oh, your story was a roller coaster. I enjoyed that. That was fun. That was good. That. That was good like, you, were, you were surprised as you read it. Yeah, like, I know. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I've written this, but oh, that's good. <laughs> yes, it that's was an fun. unsolved murder, yeah. a mystery, a touch of witchery. Possibly. Everyone loves a touch of witchery. I'm now also thinking a touch of witchery is the the, the woefully underprepared um, sequel to A Touch of Frost. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the classic 90s detective series in the UK. Right, um, that's a niche reference, Yeah, it, it really is, but it's a very good reference. Yes, so. but a touch of witchery wouldn't involve witches. It would just be a detective who turned up and go, I'm Detective Witchery. And people go, okay, yeah, there's been you, a murder. You, yeah, but you would watch it going, oh, this is going to be so cool. Ah, oh, it's crap. <laughs> so you're saying you've invented a disappointing TV programme. Yes. <laughs> It's going to be a classic. You are wasted here, Nick. You need to go to Channel 5. Absolutely. (laughs) The world's most expensive, awful TV programmes. Made. Well, Nick, are you ready? I don't know. (laughs) We could drink cocktails and talk about poison. Yes, yes, that's the plan. That's That's the plan. plan. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. That is also a plan. Mm, It's also a plan. What are you going to go for? I'm going to go with the first one. Gonna go with the first one. Way ahead of you. You locked it in. Locked it in. Going with your first answer. answer. Final final answer. answer. Final Final answer. answer. Well, Nick. Mm. You're absolutely right. Oh, good. Million pounds for me. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is indeed cocktail time. We can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we pick a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell and will flavour our cocktail of the week. Yes, it will. Nick's story this week, so his pick for ingredient. Yeah. Hmm. It's an ingredient. You can't argue with that. It is an ingredient. It's an ingredient. Uh, I mean... A common ingredient? It doesn't, doesn't... Nowhere in my contract does it say it has to be a common ingredient. You've got a contract? Yeah, it's very fancy. I wrote it this morning. I just have something written on the back of a receipt that says, <laughs> say words, bitch. Well, Nick, the secret ingredient is... Is... It is a caterpillar. A caterpillar. A caterpillar. Caterpillar it's a tiny, tiny, tasty, tasty caterpillar. <laughs> it's amazing how many pictures we sent each other today to try and yeah to, to use for the secret ingredient post. Yeah. I, I still I still think that my picture of the hungry hungry caterpillar was the best. You declined to use. No, it. I said we could use it, but you didn't. But I didn't. No. So you said we could. Well, I was worried about copyright infringement. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you sent me a picture of the worm from Labyrinth. It's not even a bloody caterpillar. Yeah, I got that one wrong, I admit. I, Any I excuse for miserably. you to send that and just go, look, David true. Bowie does the voice. We know. Yeah. <laughs> so with caterpillar, mm, yeah. a tasty snack in some Eastern countries. <laughs> a tasty, tasty snack. Are we going to have like fried, oh, am I thinking of grasshoppers? Uh, you could have both potentially. Can you Can you actually eat I can't fr- imagine why not. caterpillar? It seems cruel. You're killing a potential butterfly. Well, you eat most things and you're killing a potential something. (laughs) If only a bigger version of the thing they were when you killed them. (laughs) It'd be better if there was potential really there. This cod could have gone on to become president. Well, the potential butterfly, <laughs> the potential caterpillar. Butterfly. The we're not going to reference caterpillars anymore. We're going to call them now potential butterflies. Potential butterfly, future yeah. ca- future butterflies, future butterflies, absolutely. <laughs> Past butterflies, pre butterflies, <laughs> caterpillars. Yeah, caterpillars. Yeah. What have you come up with? Well, are there not that many cocktails requiring caterpillars? Uh, which is a shame. Which is a shame, and <laughs> it's not really the season to go out hunting a caterpillar to grind them into a lovely, lovely paste. That thought really yeah, crossed yeah, your no, mind? That, 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 was, that was my second option. And also hunting a caterpillar. Yeah. Love the energy behind Absolutely. that. Absolutely. There would have been spears, hopping to the teeth. Absolutely. Some sort <laughs> I, of assault rifle. I was fully picturing you just in a safari suit and hard hat with a giant butterfly with net. net, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pre-butterfly. Yeah, you don't absolutely. know when it's going to spring into action. Absolutely. You've got to be prepared at all times. So I, I did think, well, what other feature do caterpillars have? And I thought, ooh, they turn into butterflies. Oh, fuck off. What? So we're going to have a butterfly. Oh, was that the name of That's the cocktail? That's the name of the cocktail. We're going to oh have a butterfly. Oh, my God. You've so wussed out there. What? Apart from not using ground-up caterpillars? You didn't have to use ground-up caterpillars, but there were no caterpillary uh, well, cocktails. Well, there, 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 there is one. And actually, someone mentioned it on the Instagram, mm. which is Blue Smoke or something like that. It's, oh, it's named after it's... the Alice in Wonderland sort of... Yes, the um, hooker. Yeah. The hooker, the smoking hooker. Smoking from hooker the, something, yeah. From the caterpillar. Um, and I thought, oh, I could make that one. But I wasn't overly inspired by the ingredients. No. It, well, it was, it's, what was it, Malibu and pineapple. Oh, that's nice. Which is nice, but it's a bit of a... Bit of a cop-out? Bit of, exactly what it is. It's a bit of a cop-out for a cocktail, really. Malibu and pineapple is a bit... So you've evolved. So I thought, no, I don't want to do that. That was a backup. But I thought, no, I found something ever so slightly, possibly maybe more interesting. Um, <laughs> 
So I've gone with that. So we have indeed evolved into a full-blown butterfly. Okay, a butterfly. Woe betide if butterflies are ever the secret ingredient because you burned that card, mate. So you've gone with a butterfly. Now, as it's dry January, I'm also doing non-alcoholic alternatives. And I have stuck to the theme, Nick. Mm. I have created... You have created? No. Well, I am sort of, yes. A Colin the Caterpillar cocktail. Okay. So for those UK <laughs> Again, you you talk about me and my niche references. Yes, yes. Oh, oh Nick, it's going to get so much worse. Trust oh me, trust me. <laughs> you see what happens. So in the UK, we have Marks and Spencer's M&S Food. And they are famous for their Colin the Caterpillar cakes. Gotten into a big row with Aldi because Aldi are yeah. ripping them off and they're fighting on Twitter and it's brilliant. But Colin the Caterpillar is now such a, a big thing in the UK, almost like a Percy pig, that they have Which actually... also cre- M&S. Yes, also M&S. Yeah. They have created a uh, all sort, well, all sorts of variants. So, a Colin the Caterpillar, a Colin the Caterpillar, big cake, small cakes, little sweeties. But there is a Colin the Caterpillar cocktail. It is alcoholic. The ingredients to it are not sophisticated. But I am going to create a version of it that is non-alcoholic and will delight the little children in us. Okay, <laughs> right. I am intrigued and afraid all at the same time. No, oh, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> So, great. We're going to have a butterfly and mm-hmm. a collar in the caterpillar. They're going to meet, they're going to talk, they're going to see a future version of themselves. Nice. That's weird. I think it's time for us to go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. I'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, what an array of drinks we no, have. It's a whole smorgasbord of tasty beverages <laughs> we have from the from the sublime and the elegant to the children's tea party i have created ridiculous. for you <laughs> <laughs> we have the jam tarts and those sorts of they're coming sandwiches don't you worry. with a crust cut off let's start with a proper cocktail let's Shall start we? with the butterfly now the butterfly looks distinctly like a caterpillar do it yeah, it's green. Well, it is green, yes. It's green. Caterpillars that. are generally green. There is the, I believe there are green butterflies. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. I hadn't linked those two together, I must admit. How did you not link those two together? What, the caterpillars were green? Yes. Uh, and they crawl I've... around on leaves. It's, it's their whole thing. Well, yes, leaves, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very green looking. Yeah. Interesting accoutrement with it. Indeed. Is that mm. a mint leaf I see? A little bit of a garnish. And an olive? Well, olive? one would think it's an olive. Oh, is From it not an olive? It, it's not an olive. Oh, oh is it a, no. a human skull? No. <laughs> it's very tiny. I have two <laughs> settings. I have olives and human olive skulls. Olive or skull. Yeah, it's pretty the only much. possible explanations for it. I'm blind. It looks very intriguing. And yeah. yet green, we don't have a lot of green drinks. Well, we, we, we would have so many more if you were in your right mind. What? Oh, yes, with the chartreuse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Is that why? Is that, oh, oh, well, let's just see the look on Nick's face as he tries it. I am allowed a sip, my little quota. Oh, smells. Smells. Smells Smells tasty. Okay. All right. He's diving in. He's diving in. He's been hit by the accoutrement. Oh, that's very pleasant. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So my little sip. It's very fresh. Okay. Right. Oh, yes. It does smell very fresh. Oh, it's got a something to it, though. Something. It's got a something. Oh, oh. Ooh. What do you mean, ooh, oh? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Really? Yeah. It tastes quite... It's very it's very clean. It's very clean. It's very, very clean. There's, yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's the colour that's subconsciously doing there it. There is no chartreuse in there, I promise. Yeah, I was maybe I was setting myself <laughs> up. Like, no, the chartreuse. It's not got the, sh- the full shot citrusy it's very light cocktail it doesn't have it doesn't have a huge impact it's not no. a big powerful oomphy beverage like a lot of the ones we make are i'm gonna say uh, that i'm getting a soapy hint from it a soapy hint that's just me i don't know what's in it is in okay. it's the clean on the side of soapy rather than clean as in fresh and lemony i don't know so i was going more fresh and lemony <laughs> no, i'm you're, you're not going, getting that you're not, you're not going that you're Ooh, going we are down. split down the middle on this one uh, well no you're just wrong basically. all right we'll talk us through it um, so we have a butterfly. We have many, many leaves, as caterpillars do love to eat a leaf. They do. Uh, so we have some mint. Oh, mint. We have some basil. Basil? We have a bit of That's basil. That's the soapiness coming through. Yeah. This is not an olive. This is a grape. Oh, a grape? We have grapes. Ooh. Have in there. We have some grapes in there. What, muddled in there, too? Muddled in there. Oh, okay. We have a whole host of grapes. The first oh, time we've ever had grape. grapes in a cocktail. I know. Then we have vodka. Oh. We have a bit of elderflower. And we have some lemon juice. Very clean, yeah. All muddledy together and shaken with some ice. 
Uh, but I think, yes, the mint and the basil that have given it a green, a green hue. Yeah. Um, the yeah. taste of a, of a English country garden. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very, it's, with it's a very, very nice sort of summery sitting on the, mm. sitting on the lawn, watching the cricket type thing. If you don't like pims, this is a good one. I'm just on the other edge of a. I don't think I quite like it. No. I don't think there's anything vastly well, wrong with it. Just as well, I didn't make you one. Didn't well, I? there you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm not missing out this week. Clearly, no. clearly, it is nice and very fresh and crisp. But it's got more of the herbal side than the yeah potentially fresh okay. citrusy. And even though I love basil and I love mint, I can find them a bit overpowering. And I'm I'm just tasting a bit of the soapiness from the from the herbs. I, I got to be saying honest. soapiness. It is. It's full of bubbles. There's no soap involved whatsoever. Two shots of fairy liquid have gone into that, <laughs> and hence the colour. Well, interesting. That was a divisive one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what have you made? As I said, I have made a Colin the Caterpillar cocktail. I can tell. There is a Colin the Caterpillar cocktail recipe that's out there and a few journalists have tried it. It's a very basic, stupid, three in the morning, hey, let's make the cocktail. Because Colin the Caterpillar, the cake, it's a chocolate cake. It's a chocolate Swiss roll sponge cake. Very simple. And the alcoholic recipe calls for Baileys, some vanilla vodka, ice... And a bit of stirring, generally. Uh, not particularly sophisticated. <laughs> okay. No, not really, no. That's the, very, it's very Hindu sort of drink. The most basic yeah. of basic white bitch drinks, basically. You'd love it. Yes, but something chocolatey and lovely milkshakey. You know what? I'm going to improvise and make my own version of it. So I did look up a recipe for non-alcoholic Baileys. Which involved cream, as you cream can imagine. And chocolate, I would imagine. Not and a bit so of much chocolate. Well, I didn't put a bit of cho- I didn't put coffee in there. I I took some elements of it and then I improvised off the back of it. There was cream, double cream. There was maple syrup for some sweetness, but not over the top. I added a little bit of the non-alcoholic amaretti spirit oh, that we yeah. tried from Liars for a bit of almond in there. Vanilla, I put a vanilla pod in there, some vanilla seeds to give it the freshness and the deliciousness and the opulence of vanilla, because I was losing my mind at this stage. Because <laughs> you were really bored at home. It was. <laughs> it also recommended putting in a little zest of orange in there. I then added some chocolate-flavoured oat milk, which is quite delicious. It's okay. nice and thick and creamy, so you're not getting too much dairy in there. And then add a little chocolate syrup to it and some whipped cream if you wanted on the top. Basically a nice chocolatey, cakey-like drink to enjoy yeah. and I have served it with two little caterpillars <laughs> these are wiggles the caterpillar yeah, oh these are wiggle oh. <laughs> oh I went to another big name <gasps> store and you? thought I Betray wonder Colin. I went and looked at their cake section and they have wiggles the caterpillar not Colin they may as well have written on it not Colin not affiliated with Colin <laughs> at all this is wiggles because I thought if I mentioned Colin the caterpillar you'd complain about wanting cake so I have provided yeah, cake you'll be absolutely right and well done you so there you go so do you want to well, dive in yeah, and yeah absolutely I'm a for a chocolate milkshake that is perfectly perfectly delightful <laughs> yay as a chocolatey beverage goes I'd have that any day yep mixing it up so the chocolate sauce in there gives it a bit more richness but the the base of it is just all mixing in little different flavours bit of cinnamons in there mm. as well and it's not that far off of Bailey's no I'll give you that actually yeah let's go with it mm-hmm. I'm going to clatter a lot with the ice I'm not entirely sure how well it's going to go with vodka and flour and <laughs> Um, grapes and, and basil. But, um, I know it's it, they, the two do not go well together. It's, it's probably not your classic combination of of flavours. I must admit. So that's going to be interesting for me as I try to drink both and tell a story. A village green picnic. <laughs> so you've got your your fancy, lovely, crisp cocktail, and then you would have a selection of chocolate cakes on the side. But yeah. we've just turned them into a big old milkshake. Nice. This recipe, obviously, you could improve by chucking a load of vodka in it as well. As <laughs> if you wanted to. You could play with this recipe, but as a base, can't beat it. Can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Really, really tasty indeed. Indeed. Would you like a nibble of a wiggle? I shan't have a wiggle just yet. I'm I sure. am going to bite into wiggles because gonna... I'm hungry. And also, it's not my story, so I'm just going to be eating and You're drinking. Gonna sit there and munching all the way through. Having my own little kids' tea party over here. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> if I'm not drinking, I'm going to consume the sugar in another way. Surprising I've got a sugar rush. So, you have a delicious, sophisticated cocktail. We also have some chocolate milkshakes and some cake. And some cake. <laughs> some cake. Excellent. It's time for a story, Nick. It is most certainly time for a story. So this week, we're, I'm going slightly off off topic, off brand, mm-hmm. shall we say, off brand. So when researching new subjects for all the episodes, you come across all sorts of mad and crazy people. And when I read about this particular woman, I was entirely hooked. Ooh. Now, did she murder anyone with her bare hands? Potentially, maybe. 
Potentially, maybe. Potentially, maybe. But um, is she responsible for the death of thousands in a variety of unpleasant ways? Absolutely, most certainly, yes. Ooh, okay. So I'm thinking she might qualify. <coughs> Wiggles has taken his revenge. Wiggles, Wiggles of revenge. <laughs> He's wiggling down the throat. I will be a butterfly, you bitch. So let us know what you think. Are you happy to hear about some... Other suitably macabre, potentially less murdery people, or do you prefer the more traditional serial killer mm. type approach? I think Interested. a mixture is welcome. Well, I think people who are evil, nasty people who have been responsible for lots and lots of deaths. If this isn't going to be the moral of the story is war, the greatest poison of them all, is it? <laughs> it certainly is not. Oh, good. It certainly is not. We're not so, a war podcast. We're not a, no, indeed not. We're not a military history. No. no. A little bit, but not, we not a lot. We are a... Caterpillar-based We're a caterpillar-eating podcast. That's what we are. <laughs> I don't need alcohol. I'm high from all the sugar so, right now. this week I am here to talk about pirates. <laughs> Everyone loves a good pirate. <laughs> Who doesn't love a pirate? <laughs> so, now I'm going to ask you a question, as you have a mouthful of wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that does not sound right. <laughs> okay, yo-ho. So, I am going to ask you a question. Yep. Who are the most... Famous as pirates that you can think of. The most famous just as far as Famous as pirates. Uh, Blackbeard. Who springs to mind? Okay, Blackbeard, yep. That's cool. Blackbeard the pirate. Um, yep. Long John Silver. I don't think he was a real pirate. No, but you didn't say if he was real Oh, my apologies. Okay, fine. Then Jack Sparrow. Let's chuck him in Jack there as well. Jack Sparrow, there you go. Are we talking about only real, real, <laughs> well, real I, pirates? Well, I was going with real, real, real pirates, but... Um, we can open it up to the floor if you like. <laughs> to the floor? <laughs> Anyone else in here? What do you think? If someone else answered, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> So, yeah, Blackbeard, uh, your man from New York, the last pirate of oh, New yes, York. Oh, yes, indeed, the last pirate of New York. Whose name we can't remember. I can't remember the, his even name. Even though we did a whole yes. episode on him. Um, oh, God. I should it now. I don't know of any other pirates. I mean, I know there's lots you could say. Of William names. Kidd. He was a pirate. Anne Bonny. Really? Aren't pirate. They there, aren't they? Yeah, William Dampier. None of these people ringing about. Okay, fine. Clearly, I I'm, do not know enough I'm about sure pirates. There are people out there <laughs> screaming names into, the, into their podcasts. <laughs> but I mean whoever you had said okay however many names you had come up with which were many which were would have been potentially could have been many I would wager that the the subject of today's episode Cheng Yi Shi was more powerful more wealthy and more feared than all of them combined okay well that's a promising start it is a yes a good start it's a good start at the turn of the 19th century this pirate queen commanded an armada of over 800 ships and had 70,000 sailors under her command. Boy. Caused chaos throughout the South China Sea. Oh my, that's a yeah, lot. Absolutely. And someone that so very few people have ever heard of. Yeah. Because she's not white. <laughs> That'll be it, won't it? I find it beguiling of like, yeah, she commanded, what, 800 vessels? 800 vessels. 800 vessels. Her armada. How? Without mobile phones. A lot of flags. A lot of flags and There's shouting. A lot of flag action going on, I feel. <laughs> Same before. You over there. Oh, I have no chance of speaking to them. <laughs> Chinese whispers the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's potentially a lot more forward planning mm-hmm. in those days than there is now. Um, so it's like, we'll meet you there three weeks on Tuesday. And mm. okay. And then you meet there three weeks on Tuesday. What have you done in between then? Fuck knows. Ching Yisho was from humble origins. We do not know her exact date of birth. We do not know exact her place of birth. But we are looking at sometime around the 1770, that sort, of, that sort of area, somewhere in southern China. Ooh. Now, we are not even sure of her real name. Hmm. Um, all official records refer to her as either Cheng Yi Sao or Cheng Yi Shu. Now, Cheng Yi Sao means the wife of Cheng Yi. Okay. And Cheng Yi Shu is the widow of Cheng Yi. Right. <laughs> so those are the two sort of honorific titles that she was known by. Fuck knows what her actual real name was. Well, yeah. Is that is lost, lost to history. So just known by her husband's or ex-husband's known, name. Yeah. Lovely system. Exactly. So I'm going to refer to her as she is remembered mainly as Cheng Yi Shu. Now we know she came from a very poor family, most likely a farmers or fishermen, and that she survived starvation, disease, really horrible upbringing to make it into adulthood. 
Now I'm going to side. I'm going to do a bit of side tangent. Okay. Into Nick's history of China. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> now this is, must be episode three or four of Nick's history of China. Indeed, most so, of them most are of on them. Patreon. You're well, indeed. So jump over there if you want to hear more about the history of China. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, mm. Nick loves China, knows a lot <laughs> about it, and tells great stories about China. So they're very, very popular amongst yeah. us, you know, Patreon people. It's a good time to go over there and check them out. Mm. But another history of China. Indeed. Oh. Tell us all. So, in the late 18th century, China is under the rule of the Emperor Qianlong, who is succeeded eventually by the Emperor Jiaxing uh, in 1796. Now, both emperors have been hugely successful in ex- rapidly expanding the empire, increasing its wealth, increasing its resources, but had completely failed to modernise to keep up with this massive population growth. So there were hundreds of thousands, if not millions more people now in the empire, but food is getting scarcer and scarcer. The ever-increasing Han Chinese, now they are the most populous of the Chinese ethnic groups, um, and still to this day. In fact, I was reading, researching this, that 18% of the global population are Han Chinese. Really? That's how many... Oh my god. Huge, like 1.2 billion of this one ethnic group. So the most populous people in the history of the world ever. That is good pub quiz knowledge. Oh, indeed, indeed. So these Han Chinese are expanding rapidly out of central China and sweeping into the coastal, mountainous, more rural areas. But they are kicking out or displacing all the indigenous populations as they go. Now, these displaced people are left with far too little land to be able to support themselves. Hmm. And their communities begin to look for alternative ways to make a living. Now, these ways are not always on the right side of the law. Surely not. Now, along with a lack of modern agriculture and such to feed this growing population, the civil service is also woefully underdeveloped for this expanding empire. Duties such as collecting taxes, organising defence, general communication and management of regions falls to local leaders whose loyalties are much more to their locality, to their families, to their friends than they are to a central Chinese state. Mm. Now this gives rise to a host of local chieftains, some who style themselves warlords, Mm. uh, gangs, who then try and carve out their own little kingdom to rule for themselves. Now, as a result of this, the judging emperor is fighting battles all over the place to try and put down (laughs) all these these little rebellions, and he's trying to manage them all and send his imperial armies out to fight all these people, hugely depleting his military's resources, and giving rise to even more warlords and gangs who are stepping into this sort of power (laughs) vacuum. So it's not a good place, it's not a good situation for the emperor at the moment. It's not a good system, really. The system is not working well for him. No, massively backfiring. Now, in the southern coastal provinces, these rebels fashion themselves as pirate lords. So they've moved onto the seas and they fashion themselves as pirate lords. Why not pirate Uh, kings? And then they could sing the songs. Uh, potentially the songs hadn't reached them by this point. They hadn't been practising Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> but they had warlords on the land. They were mm. pirate lords at sea. So they, they fancied themselves a lord. Um, lords of the land and pirates yeah. at sea. Absolutely. <laughs> Love so. it. And a demon in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> a lady in the street and a freak in the bed. That's what they were. <laughs> so these pirate lords take advantage of the huge numbers of displaced men predominantly people who are forced off the land and things like that now looking for something to do and they they employ these people in their ever-growing pirate fleets now these pirate lords receive a further boost from the vietnamese emperor quang trung oh that guy yeah. that guy yeah, you yeah. everyone knows yeah, about everyone quang knows trung about him. Yeah. Um, knows. he seized power from the rival uh, Lee dynasty he had taken over control of vietnam mm-hmm. but in doing so he had lost much of his navy in the in the battles so he took to hiring chinese pirates as privateers using them to enforce his rule and raid chinese villages which only sort of increased their power and their wealth um, and their finances that they could then afford to get more ships and more people and expand their their fleets now among all these disparate pirate gangs 
One emerged as the most powerful, the Red Flag Fleet. Oh, nice. So known because they had red flags. Surely <laughs> not. Surprisingly. Commanded... Which, if they'd had a terrible name, can you imagine? <laughs> they just had something going, the Bad Feet Fleet. Like, That's no. just mean. And There's only can, two of us who have You can actually, foot. you can see their pirate banner, which is the traditional sort of skull cross Yay. cutlasses, and it's the one they use, and it's fucking awesome. So the Red Flag Fleet is commanded by Cheng Yi. He is a very ambitious man. His ultimate goal is to merge all these separate pirate fleets under his own banner under his command Mm -hmm. to create a a naval force that is unchallengeable now we're going to take a trip back to ching it's 1801 okay she is in her late teens or early 20s the the widespread poverty of the area has forced her into working as a prostitute now whether this had been to support a a family income or if she was entirely on her own and going Mm. her own way we do not know but she is working in one of the floating brothels in the port city of Canton, known as Flower Boats. Oh my. Now, so a floating brothel is? Is a floating brothel. Is it just a brothel on a boat? Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> I was saying for the listeners who didn't know, who People... were wondering if it was some sort of magic in the sky. <laughs> no, it's, it's a the floating brothel is in fact a fro- floating brothel. Right. Uh, <laughs> Not some sort of Howl's Moving Castle, but X-rated. No, no. I mean, it's, it's slightly more, I mean, it's a little bit. Clients there would expect a nice meal. On, oh, nice. on, on okay. the boat. The women there would do music and poetry recitals. Yes. Before getting on to the main entertainment. The main event. The main event, indeed. Time for the main <laughs> Which apparently was made much more pleasurable by the gentle rocking of the boat as it moved up and down the coast um, by, the, by the port of Canton. Oh, that's, yeah, that's going to compensate for people who aren't that good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's never been like this before. I'm going to be sick! Now, Ching Yisha was renowned as one of the most beautiful and highly sought-after women on these on these boats. Yeah. And she certainly caught the eye of pirate lord Ching Yi when he pays a visit to Canton. Mm-hmm. Now, there are two versions as to what happened next. Now, in one account, Ching Yi is so taken with the young woman that he courted her for weeks, sending mm-hmm. her gifts and loveliness before proposing to her. According to another legend, Ching Yi is motivated by nothing but lust and sends his men to capture her, to kidnap her, and bring her aboard his boat. Oh, right. N- different levels of romance uh, yeah, there, Exactly, yeah. Different, different levels of romance. So, whichever oh. version you prefer, if you're going for the more romantic or perhaps the more cutthroat the result was the same ching yi proposes mm. and ching she accepts but she she agrees with conditions nice she has she has her terms on this she decides she's done being under a, a man's control she Good is done her. working on these on these boats she is done with that she will become his wife but she will not be a wife who waits at home for her husband coming back from sea or a wife who is relegated to the bedchamber on his on his boat or anything like that mm. if they're going to be married it is a 50-50 split. Okay. It is entirely equal. She will have equal control of the fleet. She will be involved in all strategic decision-making. She will stand by his side, take equal risk in battle, but also have equal reward of the plunder and the cargo that they take. Go on, girl. Surprisingly, Ching Yi says, you all right? I mean, this is quite a ballsy move, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah, she's not lacking for confidence and... Yeah. And chutzpah. Ching Yi, yes, says yes, absolutely. And Ching Yi sure takes her place on deck at her husband's side, the new Ooh. pirate queen of the South China Sea. Wow, that's quite a title, isn't it? It's a good one, isn't it? Absolutely. Pirate queen. I'm a pirate queen. Yeah. Where's my crown? I don't think she's saying that. She's probably being a lot more strategic yes, in planning I think, yes. things. We would just be at the great, I'm a queen on a ship, la la la. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, in July 1802, the Vietnamese emperor, Quang Trung, who was the the pirates' primary employer, himself is overthrown in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and the pirates lose their main source of income. Now, while some of the smaller groups turn on each other in a desperate attempt to find resources and, and cash, Ching Yi has other ideas. He sees the opportunity to realise his ambitions and step into the gap left by this vanquished Vietnamese emperor. Mm-hmm. Now, those who wouldn't submit to his command willingly are dealt with swiftly and harshly a particular favorite of his was to hang the severed heads of pirates who refused to join him from his masts oh um as a as exactly as a warning to others he encountered that if you don't join me that's what's going to happen to you you're going to end up as decorating my boat he must have had a lot of people who refused then Otherwise, uh, yeah. it's, it's if he had one up there and you had to squint to no see there, it. there were there were i mean your choices join me serve me or you die and your crew dies as and well. And your crew, yeah, exactly. Nice. In the rigging with your head. <laughs> now, soon he has amassed a huge armada and reorganised all the little disparate gangs of pirates into six fleets. The black, white, blue, yellow and green. Okay. All led by Ching Yi's red flag fleet. So they all obviously have different coloured banners, mm-hmm. so they could all be easily identified. Mm-hmm. In battle, they know who to attack and who not to attack. Now, during one of the many, many battles that Ching Yi won to assemble his fleet, um, he takes captive a young man by the name of Chang Pao. Now, Ching Yi obviously sees something special in this prisoner, as before long, the two men have become lovers. Oh, okay. Um, that escalated fast. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, is entirely not uncommon. Mm. Um, in in China at the, this time, yeah. on boats at this time, for <laughs> homosexuality, bisexuality was entirely commonplace and not not frowned weird, upon. not frowned upon or discussed. It was just like that's something that happened. That you All go good. for it, guys. Exactly, you have a jolly time. Boats sound great. <laughs> now Changpo is given command of his own a ship of his own in the Red Fleet. Far from being annoyed by her husband's sort of infidelity, Cheng Yishu got in on the action, and the three <laughs> of them carry on a very open. Hey. enjoyable relationship this is um, getting hot <laughs> between between the three of them it also does sound like he gives a boat and a fleet to anyone he sleeps with <laughs> he has probably got very low expectations and anyone who can satisfy him or he's got some really weird quirk and the few who can manage to do it he's like have a boat have a boat you know a good shag is it's, you know, worth, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's worth a boat is it worth a boat or an oh, entire well, if fleet you, if you've got 800 of them oh I guess so yeah so. <laughs> you can be you can say a lot of things in yeah, the moment yeah. so afterwards in well, the exactly. afterglow <laughs> and if, if that person then gets boring you kick him off the boat and give the boat to someone else oh that's true still your boat someone who's got fancier yeah, techniques exactly <laughs> but for the time being Chang Po is su- sufficiently entertaining um, that he the, he gets his boat now Chang Po very much embraces his new authority and his new position like all good pirates he is very partial to making a fashion statement is often seen walking on deck wearing a black turban and a long purple cloak. Ooh, that's a good look. Which is a good look. That's a strong it's look. It's a strong look, striding around on deck, probably at the top of the boat, catching the wind as it sails. Yes, flapping C- the, the, go- cloak, the coat. Cloak billowing. Yeah, yeah he, he was there for it. It does get weird, though, when Ching Yi adopts Chang Po, what? making him not only his lover, but also his son. Okay, that's a bit gross. This, we think, is done purely for more inheritance rights. Yes, so the young he's protégé. not his son, obviously. No. You know, um, it's just okay. You're a member of my family. It is purely for inheritance. He hasn't raised him. No, indeed, they not. have not established that kind of relationship. <laughs> no, indeed, it's still it's, a bit weird. Like, still, well, exactly, it's still a bit, still a bit weird. So, um, but yeah, it is. It is an entirely normal thing, and it's still even now, actually, in Japan, mm. for people to adopt as their as grown adults. Yeah, for yeah reasons of inheritance or passing on companies and stuff like that. Mm, fair enough. Um, so it's the done thing. So yeah, this was done so to ensure that this young protege could more easily take command of the, of the fleet when the time came. 
Now, for the next five years, Chang Yi's fleet raids merchant ships and towns up and down the coast, capturing cargoes of gold, silver, rolls of silk, spices, porcelain, tea, cotton, anything going, he'll have it. (laughs) These goods are then sold on to merchants on the coast for a healthy, healthy profit. Towns are ransacked either to provide provisions for the for all the boats and the sailors or for more outfits or for potentially for more turbans <laughs> indeed or as retribution for town leaders refusing to pay protection money to the pirates uh, yeah muscling in the muscling mafia. in absolutely <laughs> not even attacks by chinese authorities did anything to dissuade chingy's attacks and things he was just too powerful he had too much might behind him in 1804 they blockaded the portuguese trading port of macau (laughs) completely cutting off the island what that's a lot Uh, absolutely it's a bold move yeah uh, to now attack to attack a european power um, a very powerful skilled seaworthy power it was portugal and they've gone no you can't you can't do this um, wow. and the, <laughs> the Portuguese send boats um, well, they send ships and ships out to try and blow, break through this blockade mm. nothing works there's just too many they sheer outnumber there's just too many of them mm. eventually the Portuguese governor gives in sends out huge chests of gold and silver and the pirates <laughs> fuck off <laughs> so that'll it's like do he had those lying around yeah well it? I mean it's, it's a rich rich place oh yeah Macau um, so there's there's huge chests of gold and silver just lying around in treasuries and huge things huge tracts of land huge tracts of land not not so much of that no um, send it out to the pirates and the pirates go away even though the Royal Navy the British Royal Navy give the pirates a very wide berth yeah. declining to get involved in anything this is long before the Britain gets hold of Hong Kong so yes. this is before all that happens so there is no sort of permanent base there British Navy leans more towards, well, if you're a British merchant ship, we'll give you some protection, we'll escort you through the area, but we won't get involved in anything else. No. And we'll protect our own, everyone else, you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> now, Cheng Yi fights his last battle in 1807, where he is killed taking part in yet another Vietnamese rebellion. Mm. And now, on news of his death, panic spreads amongst the pirates of the fleet. Commanders of the individual um, coloured fleets squabble amongst themselves about who is going to take charge until in walks Cheng Yishu. Cheng Yishu and Chung Po still have control of the Red Fleet, the most powerful fleet in the Armada, and quickly they establish themselves as Cheng Yi's successors, slitting the throat of any pirate captain who refused to accept their rule. Right. Um, which will which will do it pretty quickly, really. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's not a good meeting. No, not for the pirate captain who gets his boat slit. Quickly, everyone falls into line. Yeah, I'm um, surprised. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, accepts their command. She kicks off her rule by introducing a very strict code of conduct okay. for the men under her command. It goes on that Xingxi, she must approve all attacks first. No one is to go out and do their own thing without mm. her prior approval. A, pr- a pirate may not go ashore without permission. No deserting post, no leaving the boat without being told. Okay. First punishment, if you get caught, your ears come off. Oh, Happens again, off comes your head. Mm, yeah. So okay. that's that's it. Your ears come off. Oh my god. Ears come off first. Yeah. I mean, you can afford to lose your ears a bit. <laughs> You'll still hear. It won't yeah. be a good look. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good look. But it's a Turbans noticeable look. Turbans will be used in you know in greater quantities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Perhaps it's just uh, Chung Po has invested in a turban store. Um, yes, that's it. <laughs> He's trying to give everyone bad haircuts and terrible and no ears. Yeah. She she dictates that an in- individual ships can keep a fifth of the cargo that they plunder, and um, mm. the rest is added to the the prize fund and distributed among the fleet as a whole, okay. used to purchase new weapons and boots and such like, mm. um, it comes back to her for her control. Now, several of the rules focus on the treatment of female captives. Okay. Now, you know, you might think that uh, Ching Yi Xie would be all for girl power. And you would hope. You would hope. But one of her rules is uh, rape of a female captive, beheading. No Good. questions Good asked. For her. Good Off for comes her. your head. Yeah. Consensual sex with a female prisoner, beheading. The woman oh. gets thrown in the ocean with a weight attached to her legs. Whoa. So okay. none of that either. Even if she agreed to it, nah, not having it. Wow. Why is that? Well, yeah, we should discuss. Oh, we shall discuss. <laughs> oh, we shall discuss, yes. Nick. Another, another rule is that if you, are, well, if you are so desperate to have sex with someone, to one of these, one of these women, <laughs> then you can buy her from the fleet and take her as your wife. Nice. Okay. You, 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 yeah, if you're willing to part with the cash, this woman is now yours. She is now your wife. But... There are strict instructions that if you fuck around, if you are unfaithful or anything like that, yeah. off comes your head. Wow. You, you you have made the choice to take this woman as your wife. You are loyal 
and you are faithful to this woman. This is really strict and very... Very, very, very strict. Why is it so prescriptive? Why is she banning people from having casual sex and then great that she's banning rape, but then consensual's not allowed, if it's casual, you have to get married and then you have to stay completely faithful. Isn't that going to conjure up a little bit of bad feeling in the well, crew? Well, yes, but potentially, but people know where they stand. I mean, I think the idea behind, there's another thing that she, she says, that um, if when a woman is, is taken captive, if she is pregnant, if she is particularly weak, or if she's particularly unattractive, um, <laughs> <laughs> then they are released as quickly as possible. Okay, Get rid of right. them. I don't want to bother with them. Now, <laughs> someone's standing going, Oh, I'm captive. Oh no, what would you men do with me? Yeah, get rid of her. Yeah, get, get rid, rid of her. her. No, just drop get her off of the nearest land we can what? find. What? I'm hot. Shut up. <laughs> People find yeah. me like way attractive. I get like hit on tons of times. Yeah. Goodbye. Come back, you bastards. <laughs> it seems that Ching Yisha has no use for women that she cannot sell to brothels yeah. or into service. As, as slaves or anything like that. They are They're commodities. A, a commodity as much as anything else. Interesting. So whereas everything you would think, yay, everything, everything does absolutely Ooh. have its price. These women are spoiled by men on board or anything mm. like that. They lose their value potentially. Very if they true. Are, if they're yeah. injured or hurt or anything, then If she's getting the, the cream of the crop, as it yeah. were, if she's getting the really beautiful women who are strong and they have a value, yeah, she's not going to want her crew sullying them they're not allowed to feel that they have choice which is an awful thing you know obviously they're not going to be assaulted but yeah you've got to buy them if you if you want to have a go and then you can't be messing around with any of the other women yeah Yeah, if if you're faithful then you can't fucking around with anyone else interesting yeah so she's she's got her head screwed on absolutely i just feel like the men might just be annoyed at this because if you join to be a pirate one of the things is the rape and the pillaging well, you, you say I'm that. Not, I'm not condoning it, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think that is a thing. I think that's much more of a modern, of a Western, because a Western thing. Because if you look at even at sort of Western sort of pirates around the Caribbean and things like mm. that, it is not all rum and drunkenness and fighting and stuff like that. It's like no, boats. I've seen that documentary, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I went and did the tour of their facilities at Disney. World. Oh right, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll but, find it is Nick. But um, I mean, pirate ships had strict sort of curfews. Yeah. Lights out by eight o'clock. Everyone in bed. You don't mess around with women. You. They were a lot more restrictive than I think that we give them credit for. Yes, yeah, um, it's not a pirate's life for me. It's, it's yes, not the sort of life of all jollity. In July eighteen o eight and July eighteen o nine, she twice obliterates Chinese naval fleets that are sent against her. The first battle lasts sixteen hours, and after a disastrous defeat, Chinese admiral commits suicide in shame. Wow! Because um, he's lost. Well, mainly because he's lost to a woman. That yeah. is, it's not that he's lost; he's lost to a woman, and that is oh, shameful. Be better at your job, mate. The second attack required a bit more imagination. Both fleets were becalmed at the time. There was no wind to speak of. So manoeuvring and getting in was incredibly difficult. You were so happy to say that word. Becalmed. Becalmed. It's a good word. (laughs) It is. It is. There's a little word of the day. (laughs) Now, Ching Yisha orders her men to, to swim across to the Chinese ships at night. Under the cover of darkness. Where they take them by complete surprise. They capture every ship in the Chinese fleet and add it to their own. Um, now the men aboard are given a simple choice. You join me or we're going to kill you. Yeah. If you refuse, well, first they're nailed to the deck. Whoa. Um, to see if that sort of gentle persuasion might help them change their mind in a couple of hours. Mm. Um, if not, then off comes yet. Wow. We like cutting people's heads off. <laughs> She's got to got... be serious then, haven't you, about your decisions? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've got to make the right choice and make it quick. Now, her ships raid up and down the coast. Towns and villages, are, if they agree to her terms, either providing provisions or cash, then they are left alone. If they try to fight back, then entire towns are razed to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sanshan village... 80 people are executed. Their heads hung in trees along the cliffs of the coast. And again, as a a warning to those who would dare dare defy the pirate queen a lot of lot of heads a lot of a lot of heads yeah there's an awful lot of heads people coming there for a lovely trip away like how was china a lot of heads a lot of heads heads. well they've got they've got a good sort of hanging mechanism because at the time okay that's reassuring well no because at the time it was a legal requirement for men to have pigtails yeah it was actually part of the you have to have the hairstyle men had braids down to their the small of their back really easy to hang a head from a tree 
I don't think the, the method of hanging the head was reassuring me <laughs> at any point. I don't think anyone's walking by going, oh, that's efficient. It's efficient, absolutely. <laughs> like, you don't have to get the nails out. Thank you don't have to God worry they about... have long hair. Yeah, well, they're also then they're visible. You don't want to up in the branches, because then no one will see them if it's up in a branch. <laughs> the they're actually s- hanging down. <laughs> then it's like, oh, they're there. Saving a fortune on rope. Exactly. <laughs> Just you to go. efficient. <laughs> The so, way they hung it was really, really clever. Yeah, I liked it. Very clever. Thrifty. The entire population of Tao Chao Island is massacred for refusing to allow her ships to dock and resupply there. Ooh. Over a thousand civilians beheaded. Whoa. The entire a population lot of heads. gone. However, say if the population doesn't put up a fight and agrees to fall under Cheng Yisho's rule, then they are treated very well. Mm. Um, the towns thrive. They become hubs where her ships are, can stop freely, resupply, purchase goods from, from the town, sell loot that they have captured. She sets up offices in these towns where merchants can go and purchase passes for free travel. Okay. So she would... And then she had different levels of cover. Oh, nice. um, the most basic, you show your document, then our ships won't attack you. Right. And then you'll be let on your way. But for a few more coins... Our ships will defend you against Ooh. other pirates and such like. It was like a big computer game, this, isn't yeah. it? Or like a strategy board game. Like, all right, you must have yeah. gold tokens to pass through this trade. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, what level of cover were merchants <laughs> comfortable with paying? What level of risk did they think they were exposed to? <laughs> nice insurance Our, racket shares ni- going on exactly, there. Exactly. Nice insurance racket shares You're the threat, on. woman. <laughs> yes. Do you really want to take that risk? To- I mean, do should I? Yeah. You're the one who's going to send people yeah, after me. Yeah, I absolutely. would take the gold cover. I would take the gold cover if I were just to be on the safe side. (laughs) It is estimated that over the years of her raid, over 10,000 civilians are massacred and killed in her various attacks. In what is a continuous campaign of terror. Now, at its height, at her height, at her height of her power, nearly 100,000 people fall under her command, Mm. either on her boats or in the villages and towns that she now has command of, she now controls. As her confidence and her power grows, she takes on bigger and bigger prizes, attacking European shipping, which would invoke potentially the wrath of Britain and Portugal and Spain and things like that. But she's there, she doesn't care. Portuguese and the British in particular are sending ever-increasing number of ships to try and protect their interests from this threat. (laughs) One encounter, HMS Phaeton and HMS Bellona try to unsuccessfully warn off the pirates. And a British Royal Navy officer writes the, the following... He says, about 60 or 70 sail of brigands passed in the most impudent manner um, within range of the guns. Uh, (laughs) Determined to punish the presumption of these pirates, the frigate opened smart fire on them, which was received by the bandits with the utmost coolness and indifference, (laughs) and without even returning a shot. Oh my so god. So they don't give a fuck. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. In another engagement, she takes the English merchant ship, the Marcus of Ely. European sailors fare somewhat better than their captured Chinese counterparts. Generally, there's no point trying to get them to join the crew. Um, the language barrier is quite, quite tricky um, on that. Um, and rather than just kill them outright, they can actually be ransomed back. Oh yeah. To the the appropriate European nation, earn a bit of coin out of these people. So now this now gives the pirates even more reason to seek out European shipping. Now, however, this ransoming is not a quick process. Uh, Richard Glasspool, one of the men taken from the Marcus of Ely, was kept in a rat-infested hold of Cheng Yisha's ship for four months. Uh, during this time, he is obliged to survive on rice and caterpillars. Oh, his, his only you sustenance. You can eat caterpillars. He can eat caterpillars, and he did. So he was on the ship. He was on the ship. Rice and caterpillars. Rice and caterpillars were so the only thing. Had a nice supply of caterpillars. Nice supply of caterpillars. So were they eating caterpillars at the time? Was it did, just yes. a, a tasty morsel? No, that's what they, even Chinese cuisine now mm. is very much based on a sort of starvation diet. Yes, yeah. The origins of it. That there were so many people, so little land. Mm. You you ate what you could. Whereas in the West, we oh we would have sold the chicken breast, the rest of the chicken throw it away. But no, there it is. You eat everything, and you eat insects and grubs and bugs and mm. all this sort of stuff because you needed the food. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, so caterpillars were a common, it's just a normal bit of something that you ate. Might have been delicious, his, might have been very happy. Well, absolutely. He Could was there like shrimp. tucking into his rice and caterpillars mm. of, a, of an evening. Now, Officer Glasspool writes an account of his time with the pirates, describing how European sailors are often forced to join in attacks on the villages. On one occasion, though, during one of these attacks, he witnesses the pirates collecting the heads of their victims, 
tying pairs of the heads together with the, the pigtails, with hair, um, and wearing them around their necks. Oh, wow. There's, there's a lovely old sort of trophy necklace thing going on there. That's very heavy. It's very heavy. That's me pointing out the technicalities. Yes, the technicalities. It's very heavy. Yes, it would. You'd be wondering, <laughs> bloody hell, the human head weighs about 10 pounds. But think three turbans. Yeah, three, oh, all the turbans. <laughs> someone someone tried to style that out and did not do well, was staggering yeah. under the weight of the heads, going, no, I'm really hard. I'm so tough. Look at me. <laughs> Glassball becomes something of a good luck charm for Ching Yi Shi. He was a gunner by trade on the Marcus Avili, um, and he, in fact, helps train some of the Chinese sailors Many who are just farmers or villagers who need a better life come to a boat. They have no particular experience yeah. on ships. So he is there sort of training them how to use these cannons that they have pilfered and, and robbed and such like. And she, in fact, takes to sprinkling him with garlic water um, before a battle, believing that it will ward off injury. It what? will pr- It will protect him during engagements. What? What? Well, Sorry, she's a very, very intelligent woman and yeah. has been planning all of this. Garlic water? Well, you think Chinese medicine, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff in there that is somewhat questionable to a Western mind. But that's that's stupid, though. That's <laughs> not going to ward off a bullet or a cannon huh? or a bloody sword. Could be. It's a cannon made of vampires. Maybe. Everyone just comes near him and goes, oh, you smell. <laughs> so that's perhaps what it was. Garlic no one water. wants to go near him with a cutlass because he smelled of garlic. Uh, right. Or she's just messing with him. Just Potentially, like, yeah, yeah. This is going to keep you awake. Just me in your garlic water. She's like, I can't believe he's still falling for this. This is amazing. Now, Ching Yishu eventually becomes something of a victim of her own success. Oh, no. She dis- drank all the garlic water. <laughs> the disruption in trade caused by her fleets becomes so great that even large cities now are struggling to feed their population. Mm. They cannot get the food. Yeah. The emperor of China, he is getting more and more angry and more and more enraged by the day to think that, well, firstly, a woman is causing such chaos. There's a woman who is doing this yep. to the emperor of China. If it was a man, uh, fine. Oh, woman, we could never best them. Never. And I mean, she controls such a huge amount of the land, the sea, the resources and people that belong to him. They are meant to pay fealty to him and provide him with all these riches and resources and stuff. And they're all going to her. Not having it. He, he suddenly decided. He suddenly decided. It. Potentially food in Beijing is getting a bit scarce. He's mm. going, right, okay, now I'm beginning to suffer personally like by, by this. Therefore, yeah. I need to step in and do something. He vows to stamp out the pirates once and for all. But the emperor just sees no way to defeat such a huge fleet in open battle. He just doesn't have the firepower behind him. So he comes up with a cunning plan. <laughs> An envoy from the Emperor makes contact with Ku Pao Tai. Now, he is the leader of the 100-ship Black Flag Fleet, one of the coloured fleets under overall command okay. of Ching Yishu. He and his men are offered complete amnesty from all pirate crimes. He would be allowed to keep his ships and would become a pirate hunter on behalf of the Emperor. Ooh, that's in, quite a good title. In employ of the Chinese Imperial Navy. Cal readily agrees to this, these terms and conditions. He's never really liked taking orders from a woman, and he had been one of the men vying for power when Cheng Yi died years earlier. Now, with Cao and the Black Flag fleet deserting Ching Yishe, she tries to bolster her support amongst the remaining fleets. She thinks, I know, a, a decisive victory against one of our enemies is going to really show I'm in control. I know what I'm doing, and more people will flock to my banner. She decides to take on the Portuguese. Okay. A bold move. Again, so the Portuguese, obviously, in Macau. She decides, if I can if I can best... And she, she's bested them before in yeah. combat. Um, she thinks, right, if I get a, a swift victory over the Portuguese, it's going to only increase my reputation. It's quite a bold... It's a big, big, big move. It is, it is a big move and one that backfires catastrophically the portuguese have dispatched their most modern and well-armed ships for this very reason and her fleet is completely devastated wow now she realizes that the the gig is up she she can't come back from this from this failure from this yeah this loss all the garlic water that she's dousing all all the garlic water is does not doing the trick she decides that she has she has to call it a day but she cannot just surrender or just go into hiding somewhere forever on the run this is very much not her style mm. on the 1st of april 1810 ching Yishe sails her remaining fleet of 260 junks around 15,000 men straight into canton harbor wow. all flags flying guns poking out everywhere 
the red flag fleet is here. Mm-hmm. People are terrified. This is some sort of weird to the death eternal glory type yeah. type thing that that's going on. Take you all out uh, with me. I'm, yeah, if I'm going to go, I'm going to take as many as you bastards out as I can type thing. Instead, she disembarked her, her junk and marches straight to the governor's palace. She demands a pardon for herself and all her men. <laughs> In exchange, they will give up, give up piracy, give up all their weapons, all their ships, and threat to the trading routes would stop. The governor replies that he will discuss it with his superiors, and then she, she should come back in a few days. <laughs> now, the, the Red Flag Fleet remains at anchor in the harbour while the authorities deliberate, and eventually she is summoned back before the governor. Now, before he can open his mouth, Ching Yi Sher declares that as punishment for making the pirate queen wait, wow. um, she would now keep 20 of the junks, all the treasure and plunder that they had taken over the years she's going to keep it and if they make her wait any longer the conditions of her abandoning piracy are going to get worse and worse and worse (laughs) and they fall for it oh my god (laughs) straight away on the 18th of april pardons are issued to cheng yusha and all her followers she is allowed to keep 20 junks all the treasure all the plunder that she has she has taken i mean they seem incredibly ineffectual (laughs) But then she just rocks up and she goes, just rocks up again, no, hey. I'm going to less and less and less. To, you know, she's she's failing now. She's been yeah. defeated. So there might be more negotiation in there. Yeah, she, she's, she's bluffing all the way. Yeah, I guess. And, then, and her confidence and they they go for it. Well, I suppose when confronted with her and her men yeah. and that ragtag bunch and they're obviously all in the harbour and everyone's terrified. Yeah, they probably fear has gotten to them, hasn't mm. it? Now, many of the, the pirate crews are in fact recruited into the Imperial Chinese Navy. Chang Po, um, her adopted son lover um (laughs) he takes the 20 junks that she is allowed to um keep as his own private fleet he starts employment with the chinese navy again tasked with stamping out any remains of piracy in the area cheng yishu and changpo marry the two of them the two of them marry um and they settle in canton and they have a son and a daughter together changpo dies in 1822 commanding his fleet against the ragtag groups of pirates that remain a bit of a threat. Cheng Yishu decides, I've had enough. She she moves to Macau, this mm. island that she so frequently threatened. Um, <laughs> she moves there. She takes all her ill-gotten fortune with her um, and spends the rest of her life running a brothel and gambling house um, <laughs> on the island of Macau. Nice. Uh, she dies peacefully in her sleep, aged around 70. We don't know exactly, but she's around 70. She is one of the very, very few pirates ever to sail off into the sunset and live happily ever after. Oh, my God. It's a story of Ching Yish, the pirate queen of China. Oh, good story, Nick. The pirate queen. <laughs> That's amazing. At the end, she was just like, nope, nope. nope I nope. want all of these things. They were, okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. Okay. Off to Macau she goes. Yeah. I'm going to run a magnificent brothel. <laughs> I've basically been bargaining about this my whole life. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's a good story. (laughs) Wonderful history lesson there. I mean, it's less glamour on the high seas. It seems more cutting off heads and very strict rules. There's a lot of cutting off heads going on. There's an awful lot of cutting off heads, a lot of tying people's hair together. Well, it's it's, it's, it's a pastime, I suppose. It's It's something something to do. Um, I can imagine it gets time gets a bit boring on a boat <laughs> it uh, is incredible the reach of her power and the size of the, the fleet size. absolutely because it does seem ridiculous it, yeah. it beggars belief that you think of the size of the fleet that they had and also that the the emperor and the governors d- did nothing they were yeah. sort of sitting around going okay we won't bother them oh wait they really are getting out of hand we should maybe <laughs> maybe tomorrow we'll do something maybe yeah. we'll do something else it just seems by not really luck i guess misfortune or just that's the way the battle go is that she was defeated by the portuguese Mm. one of the times she attacked them i I think a lot of it was by luck because of because of just the sheer size of of china Mm. and the sort of the the underdeveloped sort of communication and civil service there Mm. that she could attack one village which is under the control of one particular chieftain or warlord or something Mm. like that she would move a bit down the coast and attack someone else that was under the Mm. control of another person so on further down the coast those people were probably at war with each other anyway and fighting each other so they weren't talking going oh let's gang up on this pirate person because they all have their own petty internal squabbles and things like that it's only the big cities like canton and things that are under direct sort of imperial control so therefore have that that power and that resource potentially to do something 
all the little towns and villages get on with it you, yeah. f- you fend for yourself basically but that's it um, isn't it it's, it's getting control of all of the provinces all the small areas you mm. know don't go for the big city immediately and yeah. then you're actually going to massively outnumber them oh what an image what an image of the high <laughs> seas of strict regime apparently a very as well. very strict regime absolutely <laughs> ah, clever girl but well did the trick. what do you think people what do you think of the pirate stories yes a bit different definitely murdered people definitely murdered people absolutely killed a lot of people not one true crime story but it's still true crime true crime on the high seas Indeed. would you like to hear more true crime on the high seas stories would you like to hear about more pirates more pirate legends real ones not not ones we've made up or ones from books <laughs> we're not just going to read treasure island stop that jump on the comments and tell us what you think of the story and what you think and more legends that you want to share and tell and piratey ways and piratey <laughs> tales that you've heard and you want nick to debunk <laughs> China-based ones, China, preferably. China-based one, preferably, absolutely. I'm all over that. <laughs> and most importantly, it's as it's Friday, it's time to mix up a cocktail, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Choice is yours. I, I would have to say, I would probably leave the butterfly, potentially. Ooh. I would go for the chocolate milkshake, but just chuck a load of Kahlua and vodka <laughs> in there. So make a chocolate milkshake, but my one is going to be a boozy one. Yes, the chocolate milkshake <laughs> did go down well. Yeah. Colin the Caterpillar inspired us. You can chop it up with Kahlua, Amaretti... Um, anything else any other booze or just have it pure it's delicious one for all the family we do bizarrely have some family listeners and we're very (laughs) sorry about what you've heard in here but hopefully this will make up for it a lovely peace offering absolutely have a wiggle the caterpillar wiggle the caterpillar (laughs) any yes other brand names are available (laughs) the butterfly uh, okay okay not my cup of tea you'd be happy i'm happy with it i shan't make it again it looks like a caterpillar. It has some leaves involved. And it's green. green. God green. damn it, it's green. You're not forgetting about the green bit. Yes, caterpillars are green. Have you not seen that documentary? <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, yes. <laughs> well, there was half a... I had a temptation to make a Hungry Hungry Caterpillar cocktail. What because is that? Because there is a bar in London. No, I don't know if it's in London, actually, excuse me. But a bar has done this. But they basically chose each of the fruits the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar ate. Oh, nice. So... He ate a plum and an apple and an orange and a strawberry and another one that slipped my mind. But those flavours, there was a bar that created those, they've got those fruits, the fruit juice with some liquor, made them into ice cubes and then just piled them up into a tall glass. That's very cool. That is very cool, isn't yeah, it? I'll go with that. Yeah. Using all of those flavours in nice. some degree or another. So yeah. there you go. So well, you could try that. Yes. Chuck a load of juices into a glass and then put vodka in it. <laughs> It's a very, very drunk caterpillar. But whatever you're making this weekend, please send us pictures. Tag us in your pictures on social media. We love to know what you're drinking and what you're making, whether it is a dry January or whether it is a very, very moist one. Tell your friends about The Poisoner's Cabinet. Make sure you leave us a review and do check out Patreon for more episodes from us, more little mini episodes and more bonus content. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Oh.